Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, and we're talking to Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB, breaking down and predicting the American League next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends as i mentioned sully baseball and i are breaking down the american league we are doing predictions on who is going to win each division so let's get right into it today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before Bet Online is where the game starts. And hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB Monday crossover with Locked On Diamondbacks. This is the every week show, the weekly show. Is that what we're going to call it? This <laughs> yeah, is the, the weekly, weekly show. show where we discuss the events of baseball with me. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. My The other host, I don't want to say co-host because that designates I am the superior that's not the case. We are co-hosts. Give me a high five there, right there. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, other, other side, other side. Boom, boom. boom. That's Miller Thomas, host of Locked On Diamondbacks. We join up. We Voltron this every Monday and talk about baseball and back and forth. And we're going to be breaking down our thoughts of the American League going into the 2020 season. Thanks so much for making us your first listen as we're available on all your free podcasting catches. Did I introduce myself? And I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. They can call me Sully. I may have already done that. A lot of information we're throwing at you. Like you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, uh, Millard, where, where can people follow you? Yeah, at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. All right. Have we, have we done everything? Have we set yeah. everything up? We've set up the table because guess what? Kind of like that impatient feeling I had when, come on, let's just start this season up. We got that little impatient. Let's just talking about the season coming up. And we're going to do here, we're going to have a, a mashup episode here for this Monday and for this Tuesday where we're going to be doing our predictions. And, of course, you must always remember my predictions are horrific. They they usually don't come out well. This is I always find this to be a strange exercise because we're making predictions of what's going to happen basically into the fall. And we don't always know who's going to be on the team. We don't know who's going to get injured. We don't know what big trades are made. But it's fun to forecast. It's fun to, to sort of bat things around. And we're going to talk about the American League. Uh, do you have any overall thoughts before we start going on here? 
<laughs> Overall thoughts, probably yeah. not really, but um excited for the new season, of course. I just right. learned Madison Bumgarner is going to be the starter for the D-backs against the Padres on Thursday. So Gallon, he he started the season with some shoulder issues. Just learned also uh Josh Rojas has a uh a, some kind of strain. So he's gonna be out the first few weeks of the season as well. So the D-back season starting off 2022, right? Yeah, there you go. Well, let's start with, with Bumgarner. So we got to See if we can get him back on the winning track. He's was one of my dad's favorite players, and <laughs> and he's someone who I've really enjoyed watching. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the American League though this year. And I think once again, we are seeing that the American League is the opposite of the National League in terms of the types of teams they have. The National League has s- several teams that are kind of super teams that are probably going to roll over the rest of the league. There is a lot of parity in the American League. The only team last year that reached 100 wins were the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's going to be a real, real hard argument to call them one of the super teams, that they're a team that built well, designed well, and able to have parts be inserted into the cogs of their proverbial wheels. But there are no teams who are going to say, man, they they have no holes in them. There's no question marks on that team, even the teams with a super high payroll. So basically, especially with the expanded playoffs this year, if you make it in, you've got a shot. Mm -hmm. You've got a real shot of going far. So the teams that are putting sticks of dynamite into their club and blowing the team up, I have to wonder, what are you doing in this American League, not at least trying to get to 82 and 80? Because that could get you into the postseason this year and may you may be able to go far. Yeah, even last year we saw that with the Red Sox, who were a team that no one expected to go very far in the playoffs. And then they knock off the Yankees, they knock off the Rays, and all of a sudden they're two games away from the World Series. So we could see that happen again this season with a unlike unlikely candidate coming out the American League. Yeah, I mean, I it, you know, I could say it's, that's not likely to happen, but then again, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, let's let's start with the American League, American League East. Uh, okay. The T- Tampa Bay were the lone 100 win team. I do fervently believe that if that ball did not ricochet off of Hunter Renfro in Game Three of the Division Series last year, I think the Rays are going to win that game. I think the Rays are going to win that series. I think the Rays would have beaten Houston. I think the Rays would have beaten the Braves. Uh, basically, remember the the Rays took a 5-2 lead on the Red Sox in Game 2 after shutting out the Red Sox in Game 1. And it really looked like, you know, especially for me, a native New Englander who's followed the Red Sox his whole life, I was thinking, well, they beat the Yankees. That was it. That was the World Series right there. You were good. And I did not think that they would be up uh, two games to one on Houston in the ALCS with the score tied going into the ninth in that game four. Like you're thinking, we could, the Red Sox could be up three games to one. You know, there are all these different things I did not expect to see happen last year. Uh, the fact of the matter is the Rays were the better team over 162 games. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to remain the best. As my sons are making a quick cameo <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, Say so- hi, everyone, Aiden. Hello. There you go. He's excited about the season. Yeah, I can see the joy just, you know. Yeah, the joy, the, the joy that my sons just showed um, it was just it was effervescent. But uh, 
I think the Rays remain the best team in the American League. I think one of the reasons is they're going to have a full season from Wander Franco. And you're going to see, you know, um, they they brought in Corey Kluber uh, to add a little bit of, you know, they're hoping that he's at least close to, to full strength. Um, Tyler Glasnow has to come back from his injury. I think losing Glasnow, uh, not having Glasnow in their rotation was a problem. Didn't hurt them in the regular season. I think it hurt them a little bit in the uh, – in the postseason. postseason, but you just see with the Rays, they are a team that is designed to replace parts. It's like they have a system and they're able, you know, that that some person that you and I have never heard of or someone who hasn't played a full season in the majors in five years is going to come back and, you know, will wind up uh, having, you know, a 20 home run season in 80 games for them. I mean, that's just this is how the Rays operate. And I don't see anything slowing them down, especially, you know, they were they made the Adamas trade last year that helped out Milwaukee a great deal. But when Willie Adamas is your aging veteran, yeah, that you like trade away and you wound up getting some good pieces back for the bullpen, you just know that that farm system is always going to be producing players and they're going to be making the sharp moves. And the window of opportunity for the World Series is right now. And I think they have as good a shot as anybody to win that division. I'm not picking them to win the division, but I think that they are going to be uh, uh, an excellent playoff team again. Yeah, you said it before. They're like the Terminator. Every year they just somehow produce pitchers out their farm system that turn into Cy Young candidates. But look at their rotation on paper. I'm just not in love with the Rays team on paper, but I know I'm not going to be in love with this team on paper during the regular season, and they're going to end up with 95-plus wins. I just know that's going to happen. So I'm saying all this now during the offseason that I'm not in love with this Rays team on paper heading into the new season, but I know they're probably going to win 95-plus games. I think the Blue Jays, as of right now, are probably the team in the division with the most upside. I like that rotation a lot. Obviously, they lost a Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray. They replaced him with Kevin Gosman. I don't understand why they didn't just pay Robbie Ray if they're going to pay a pitcher anyway, a five-year deal. But you still got Barrios, Alex Manoa. Uh, you got another pitcher. You still got Hijin Ryu as well. So their rotation mm-hmm. is deep. I don't like that they lost Marcus Simeon. He had a pretty fantastic offensive season, 40-plus home runs. It was a nice one-two combo with uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. in that lineup. But they're still pretty deep in the lineup. Their rotation is still pretty nasty. So I think I like them the best. The Red Sox, the Yankees, I still think are going to be right there in the mix as well. I could see the ALE sending three to four playoff teams from that division this season because I think a lot of those teams are pretty loaded in their lineups. Well, I think Toronto is the best team right now. Now, of course, Tampa could always surprise us and bring up a bunch of people. That's why I say I think Tampa is a lock to win 90-91 games. I think the Toronto Blue Jays are going to – I think they're going to win 95-96. By the end of last year, they were playing better baseball than the Red Sox or Yankees. And it's ironic that the the game that the Yankees beat Robbie Ray towards the end of the year – if the Blue Jays had won that game, there probably would have been a three-way tie for the wild card. And I think that Toronto was better than the – I think they would have had a shot to go to the World Series if they had won one more game somewhere along the way. Uh, they did lose Marcus Simeon, which is a huge blow, but they did acquire Matt Chapman, 
who I think is going to fit in perfectly mm-hmm. with that. And maybe they thought, look, they acquired Barrios last year. They brought in Gosman. Maybe they thought Robbie Ray had hit his peak and said, you know what, we're, we're going to – I would have resigned him too, but I'm, I would be a terrible general manager. Um, maybe they oh. thought we, we got peak – uh, Robbie Ray. And remember, they're also going to have, you know, I think, you know, Bichette is there. BGO is there. You know, Vladdy Jr. is there. You know, um, you know, Springer is still there. I mean, they're up and down. I think that this is a 95, 96 win team uh, that is, uh, you know, you, you're never going to go wrong picking Tampa Bay to go win that division. But I think the Blue Jays are the best team in the American League East right now, and I think they're going to win the division. Um, I do not like the Red Sox rotation at all. I feel uh, it. Especially with the health risks of Sale and Yavaldi. Mm-hmm. You're you're asking a lot of the Nick Pavettas of the world. Um, and their their bullpen can be, you know, there's, there's some depth there, but there's no anchor. I don't like the depth of the Yankees' bullpen at all. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the rotation at all. I think they're asking a lot for for people who have been brittle. I mean, I think that, you know, Garrett Cole, you know, is still a fine pitcher, sticky stuff or not. But we saw his injuries were catching up towards the end of last year. And I think their their lineup is depending that Judge and Stanton stay healthy the whole year. They whiffed big time not bringing in Seager or Correa or one of the star players I like them bringing back Rizzo, but they're everything for a $250 million payroll. They're saying, well, if we get a better year from Gallo and if we get a better year from LeMahieu and if we have these people, there's so many ifs. And the same thing with the Red Sox. Uh, I could see, again, it's the American League. I can see both of them making the playoffs and I can see both of them missing the playoffs. And I think they're even money on both. Uh, by law, there has to be a fifth team in the division. It's the AAA team that plays in Baltimore. Uh, I think the Orioles are probably two years away from being relevant. They better hope in Baltimore this rebuilding process is worth it because they're sitting out the American League parity time. But I don't have a lot of trust in Boston or in New York this year, and it would not surprise me if they whiffed. Well, both teams, I think, kind of have similar defense or not defensive flaws, but just similar deficiencies in yes. their teams because they both have pretty stellar lineups. But like you said, they don't have that rotation depth. Um, but I still think they can mash their ways, to, mash their ways to probably 90 wins or more. I think both of those teams are probably going to be in the mix because I think as we talk about the rest of the American League, we're just going to see there's not a lot of depth there. So I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to be toward the top of the conference for that reason. But Baltimore, I kind of respect their lineup. I know they don't really have the pitching, but their lineup is not too bad. They got four to five guys I kind of like. So with Mullins yeah. and Ryan Mountcastles Mount and the, the Trey Mancini's of the world, their lineup isn't too bad. So I got to put That's some true. respect there. But uh, John Means, uh, we, we'll see how he holds up as a frontline starter because his, his numbers post the sticky stuff. was uh, it, There were some red flags there, but... For the Blue Jays, uh, the only thing with that rotation with the Robbie Ray thing and the Kevin Gosman thing, I just felt like they have similar red flags. So if you were like, maybe this was the peak of Robbie Ray, I feel like you could make the same argument with Kevin Gosman, who kind of just came out of nowhere with the San Francisco Giants after years of just kind of being a mediocre pitcher. The same was kind of true with Robbie Ray. So I just feel like there were similar red flags there. So I didn't really understand 
uh, swapping out the two. But since they had Robbie Ray in the building, they must know more about him than what we know about Robbie Ray. So overall, the division, I think we both feel like the Blue Jays are the strongest team. But I still think this division is probably going to send three playoff teams, if not four playoff teams, just because as we talk about the American League, I don't think there's a lot of depth there. Well, and they're an unpredictable team, the Rays, but I think they're always a surefire bet to get into the playoffs. If you're going to be making any bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. And hey, let's give a shout out to our good friends at MLB Prospects. Lockdown MLB Prospects is hosted by a friend of the podcast, Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia, and he probably knows everybody on the A's roster. I don't think the A's can claim that. And he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And Oriole fans better hope some of them play in Baltimore. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hey, uh, it's your pal Sully scratching his nose and saying Miller Thomas. We looked at what could give us four teams in the postseason, which is the American League East. Now let's head on over to the American League Central, who's lucky to be sending one team to the postseason. Um, The White Sox ran away with it last year. And this is for the first time in their history. They went to the postseason in back-to-back years. Uh, they had a horrible, horrible matchup for the division series. Uh, the Astros were the worst team for them to, to match up with in a short series. Uh, the White Sox did win one game, but in the end, the Astros took pretty good control of the of the division series. White Sox led by Tony LaRussa, I guess, uh, won mm-hmm. 93 games. And they've lost Carlos Rodon, although by the end he was a non-factor. They lost Brian Goodwin. They lost Billy Hamilton, who didn't offer a lot, but he was fun. Ryan Tapera and Cesar Hernandez have gone. But they just made a trade bringing in A.J. Pollock for uh, Kimbrell. Kimbrell. They brought in Joe Kelly. They brought in Kendall Graveman, so they add, and they brought in Vince Velasquez, so they added to the bullpen to give them depth so they could trade Kimbrell. And they also acquired Josh Harrison. And if Lucas Giolito and Cease and Lynn and Kopech are all playing well out of the rotation, and even um, Keichel, that could be a very good rotation. Liam Hendricks is still there. Uh, they have a deep bullpen, and they led by Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu, and hopefully Luis Robert, um, and adding Pollock to that. You know, adding Pollock and having Eloy Jimenez in there. I mean, they can hit, they can pitch. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I like them to repeat is they're not great at anything, but they're pretty good at everything, which is why I think they're the easiest pick. To for a division winner, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think they would be my pick, too. I think this is pretty easily the White Sox division to lose. I've been kind of disappointed with their playoff runs the last two seasons. They've mm-hmm. kind of been my dark horse whenever I've done my playoff predictions to come out the American League. In both seasons, they've really disappointed me. But I look at their team, like you said, they just got depth everywhere. And the rest of the division, I'm just not very scared of. I do like the Minnesota Twins offseason. We've talked about yes. it a lot. They've added Sony Gray and Carlos Correa. But overall, their team, I just don't think their rotation is ready to to win yet i do think their lineup is going to be competitive i think they're going to be a tough team to play during the season because i think they're going to put up a lot of runs but overall i think they're going to have to win a lot of shootouts that they're probably not going to win with that pitching staff the mm-hmm. royals they're just kind of fun they're just kind of happy to be there bobby witt jr he made the opening day roster i think he's going to be in the starting lineup so he's going to be That's the most great. exciting yeah he's the most exciting thing about that team right now i look at the tigers they're trying to rebuild that team they added eduardo rodriguez they added javier Baez, but they're still you know two to three seasons away from really competing so i look at them and the guardians like i almost forgot about them because i forget that they're in this division they got to trade jose ramirez free jose ramirez we need to start the hashtag because that man needs to get out of there but it has to be the white Sox division to lose Okay, well, here let me let me let me make a uh, uh, case for the and I have it's going to take me a season, a full season to remember they're called the Guardians. Um, They have Shane Bieber, Mm -hmm. Aaron Civali, Zach Plesac, uh, Cal Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie. That's pretty good rotation. Yeah, Bieber's the elite. That's actually one of the best rotations in the American League. And if their offense was, eh, we would be talking about them being a legit wildcard team right now. I don't think even with an offense where you go, "Eh," that they would pass Chicago. But, I mean, they went 80 and 82 last year, and I was one of their leading hitters. And Yeah, you were good, D.A. Look at it. I had a... 0.01 0.01 war. So there you go. But you just look at like, why can't you just, especially with a with a payroll lower than locked on Diamondbacks, you're saying like, why couldn't you just get some mediocre hitters in that lineup? I mean, it, it doesn't take a great amount of imagination to see how the Red Sox and Yankees could completely belly flop this year with their with how thin their rotation is and relying on veterans to not get hurt. If you have a team that's filled with young pitchers and all you need are a couple of decent bats and you already have one with Ramirez and you're thinking, geez, it does. And, and your, your, your payroll is so microscopic. I mean, you're asking Ahmed Rosario and Fra- and uh, what's his name? Uh, Fred Reyes. Reyes. I mean, Okay. He's their second I mean, best player by far. For yeah, I mean, I would take a flyer in Justin Upton uh, just because he will cost them nothing. He would be the same as bringing up a player from the minors. So why not give him a shot? What's the, what's the literally the worst thing happens? You you cut him. And I, I, it's sad because as I pointed out on a previous episode of Locked On MLB is that the city of Rochester, New York – has had an NBA champion more recently than the city of Cleveland has had a World Series winner, which is saying something. They were at least there recently. That was fun. Yeah, they were there. But you know what? It, it, it would be nice to take the team with the longest World Series drought 
And now there's no debate because like, well, you know, actually Washington hasn't that, 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 that. No, 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 no. That it's, you know, the, the Braves have won World Series in more cities than the, uh, in two different cities since the last time Cleveland had a World Series title. By the way, the last time Cleveland won a World Series, what team did they beat? They beat the Braves. But the Braves were in Boston. That's how long ago it was. They won the World Series. The Boston Braves. The Boston Braves. That's a long time. Now, the 1948 Cleveland Indians were the first team that was integrated to win the World Series. They had Larry Doby and they had Satchel Paige. Granted, it wasn't equally, and it wasn't like it was two players, but still, that was a step in the right direction. But it's been a while. And the fact that they've removed Chief Wahoo from there, as I said, it's not exactly been a good luck charm for that team. And they've removed some of the stigma of that. Why not go? Why not? Not even going for it. Not saying going on a Mets shopping spree. Just pick up every mediocre hitter create a mediocre lineup for that team and they have a shot. I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe they think they just need to run it back because I'm looking at the record from last year and I have to be reminded that they won 80 games last year. They were 80 and 82. So I guess there was the magic of Terry Francona and they did that with Shane Bieber missing half the season. So maybe they think if they just run it back full season of Shane Bieber and whatever offseason moves they made, maybe they think that's enough to potentially get back to the postseason where they were just there as recently as 2020. So they've been in the postseason a lot the last few years. So they've been a team that's been competitive and they've been able to do that without spending any money or having a lot of talent on their roster. So maybe they just feel like somehow we win games because of Terry Francona and that's all we need. Uh, just two last two thoughts. Uh, I do like how Kansas city is having their sort of uh, uh, weird combination of super young players like the young Bobby Witt jr. And also a bunch of, Hey, remember us here? Salvador Perez and Zach Greinke is a little bit of an old timers day as well. So they're the, it's, it's, they're at least going to be fun. I think the twins are going to be a little better. Uh, I, I don't, I think they could certainly be a contender, uh, especially mm. if, if Gray and Bundy and Archer pitch well and Correa adds a little something because we, there is going to be that extra wild card team. Yeah, um, I can see them as a wild card, but yeah, as a contender, like, or contender maybe for a like, playoff, playoff contender, you're right. That's what I mean. But I don't think any team in the central is can world series. No, and I think any team is as balanced as the Chicago White Sox. And so I, I think this is theirs to it's their division to it would it would take just a massive belly flop for the White Sox for any other team to be the division winner in that. And I think that they have the energy. I think they built it up. I know in the past people have been wondering what Tony LaRusso's players have been using to get their power. But I found the, especially in this day and age of testing, the only thing the Chicago White Sox players have tested positive for have been built bars. And if you have not tried <laughs> built bars, they are the best tasting protein bars out there. Do you know what? If you've tried the puffs, they're fantastic. You're missing out if you haven't tried them. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. 
with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorites. And all bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes! Puffs included. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And they've got great flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and my personal favorite, which is raspberry. And then you have the brand new white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, guess what? They'll make it. It's going to be delicious. It'll be good for you. That's what they do. They're all about the taste. And they, they have the mindset. So we're going to make the flavor good. Then we'll figure out how to make it good for you. I don't know how they do it, but they do it every single time. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Well, we've covered the AL Central. We've covered the AL East. Uh, now let's head, out, let's head out west. And right now, the Houston Astros are the defending West champions and the defending league champion. And the only West team that came out of the postseason last year were the Astros. The Mariners came up a game short. And I fervently believe that if the A's had a mediocre bullpen last year, they would have won the division. But their bullpen was so grotesque and eventually just snowballed. Uh, There was a series they had in Toronto where they just kept losing – game after game after game where they were down or, you know, where the Blue Jays were down four or five runs and the A's have essentially put two sticks of dynamite in the team, blown them up. They've picked up a lot of good young prospects and they're probably going to trade away um, Frankie Montas because he's the last. Yeah. Yeah, At this point, what are you doing? But I do like the trades that the A's have made. I think that they've got some blue chippers and, and some quantity and if you're going to make deals, I mean, they, they traded Olsen four for one. You know, each one of these deals are getting a bunch of prospects and always some of the team's best prospects in the deal. And you know they're going to flee someone in the uh, montage or they're going to get someone's blue chipper because you've got a young pitcher who's still in his 20s who can fit right into anyone's rotation. And so I think in a few years, whether they're in Oakland or oh, God, I hope not Las Vegas, uh, the some of these players that will be mentioned on Lockdown MLB Prospects will be doing uh, quite well. But that ends my discussion on the A's in this podcast because they're they're the future tense. We're talking about the present tense. I think the team that's going to acquire Montas, I think, is going to be Seattle because they've got enough prospects to deal. And Seattle looks really, really interesting going into the 2022 season when they missed the postseason by a single game last year. Yeah, I think Seattle, I like their team. I like what they did in the offseason. I'm pro Jesse Winker. I mean, Suarez, the contract is not great. He hits below the Mendoza line, but he's still power bat. And they added the Cy Young Award winner in the old D-backs friend, Robbie Ray. So I like what they did this offseason. 
But I still think their rotation, like you said, they probably need a Frankie Montez because after Robbie Ray, I mean, it's probably Chris Flexen. And then their depth after after that kind of falls off a little bit. So I'm not in love with that rotation. I probably still have the Astros as the team to beat in the division. I still like their lineup a lot. Their rotation definitely is taking a step back. Hopefully Verlander can come back to the the man he was pre-injury. I do like it when he's in the league and when he's dealing because he's been one of my favorite pitchers growing up in the sport of baseball. But overall, that division isn't that great. And like I said before, before the whole American League just isn't that great. Like a team that's going to win the World Series is either going to be like the Astros, the Mariners, the White Sox or one of these AL East teams, which is going to be kind of crazy to see. But the Angels are one of those teams that probably need a Frankie Montez as well because their rotation depth is terrible. They need Noah Syndergaard to come back to form because after basically Shohei Otani, their rotation is terrible. Otani needs to be, Otani might need to pitch 35 starts this year because they desperately need more starters in that rotation. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards Seattle right now uh, to win the division. Uh, I just like, I like what they've been doing. I like having Toro for a full season. I like having Ray in that rotation. I think that's a pitcher, uh, a good ballpark for him to pitch in. Uh, I do like some of their bats. And I do like that if they, I think they are, I think they should be the front runner to make the acquisition of Montas. And I think that, I think that would give them enough rotation depth to go forward. Um, I, 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 Verlander has apparently looked good in spring training, and that would be like making a trade for the Astros. The interesting thing is we're going to see the effect of losing Correa. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes a team can lose a huge superstar and it has a bigger impact than you were expecting. Sometimes a team can lose a superstar and win the World Series. Just ask the Washington Nationals the year after they lost Bryce Harper. I think that Correa's role on the Astros was larger than his stats. I think we're going to see. Uh, you know, we're going to see Dusty Baker's medal as a manager. I think the Astros are cinched to make the postseason. And, you know, when we're saying about, you know, teams like Boston or New York, where these you know, marquee franchises, big budget franchises with massive, massive holes in it, I think that when you consider that, a team like Seattle is floating out there. You're both Toronto and Tampa floating out there. There may be only one spot for the Yankees or Red Sox. And if a surprise team like the Guardians or the the Minnesota could get their act together, they could knock them out completely. Um, I, I do obviously the Astros can hit, even with Correa out. Obviously, they're there, no one's questioning their lineup uh and they do have talent you know the christian javier the Urquides, the people on the on the team who you know the framber valdez these people who did a, a a good job filling in in houston there's a big difference between filling in and being the guy from the start that's one reason why i think having a verlander on the team is helpful in many many ways uh, it's interesting that the Rangers went on a massive spending spree, bringing in John Gray, bringing in Marcus Simeon, bringing in Corey Seager. Seager, I'm a broken record on this. I can't believe Seager's not a Yankee. Yeah, I mean, if they're, they're if, I mean, when the when the the batch of shortstops are out there, I just said, well, him. I, I mean, he's got the World Series pedigree. He's young. 
He's got the he's got a Yankee Stadium home run swing, and if this kid, who's supposedly the great shortstop, who is a combination of Honus Wagner, Cal Ripken, Ozzy Smith, Alex Rodriguez, Nomar Garcia Parra, and Derek Jeter rolled up into one, this kid Volpe, who everyone is saying is, I mean, like, the question is, how much better than Babe Ruth is he going to be <laughs> in terms of Yankee lore? Um, even if he is a third of the player he was is being pronounced by the time he comes up you could move Seeger to first you could move Seeger to a different position I, I don't understand why they didn't go for any of them but anyway I digress he went to Texas for reasons that I don't understand I mean I know why he did they offered him I mean a, a contract that ends with the heat death of the universe I mean it was like a 10-year deal or something insane like that uh you know good for the Rangers for at least showing their fans they're they're willing to make the best up the middle infield in baseball for at least a couple of years with Simeon and Seager. I still don't see them as contenders. Mm-mm. I don't think this improves them by 30 games. No, they're you not know? contenders by the, by the shortest amount possible because they are, they, they have a plan here. I think they're trying to be contenders in the next couple of seasons. Right now they know they're, this is not the window. They're just trying to add the talent because they already tried the rebuilding route the last couple of years since Adrian Beltre has basically retired. They've tried to rebuild that roster through the draft, through just tanking and free agency, and it just hasn't worked out for them. So they actually were like, hey, let's just try spending money and just acquiring all-stars through free agency just by paying them a boatload more money than anyone else. And they were able to get Marcus Simeon. They were able to get Corey Seager. And they even added some other nice players like a John Gray, a Cole Calhoun, or Martin Perez. So they are going to be a lot better on paper uh, this season than they were last year because they absolutely were devoid of talent last season. So I think they'll at least be competitive next season and be a tough team to play on a weekly basis. But I don't think they'll be anywhere near the postseason. But in two years, I think the Rangers would be a team to watch, just like the Detroit Tigers. I think those are two teams that have tried the rebuilding route the last few years and realized it's a lot tougher to tank and do what the Astros did than uh, you know, in reality than in practicality. So I think a lot of these teams are actually going to try to just keep rebuilding through free agency and hopefully in a couple years try to make that run in the American League. That's that's fair. And, of course, what brings us to the Angels, who have the most exciting player in baseball, Votani, the player of this generation, Mike Trout. And even with three wild – it's three wildcard teams, right? Is that how what the, we've expanded it to? Yeah, I think it's just even, one extra team. Yeah, with one extra playoff team, still they are fringe at best to be the third wild card team. And what do they do in this offseason when Scherzer was available, Eduardo Rodriguez was available, Montas was available, Manaya was available, all these pitchers who would have Bassett was an available. All of them would have undeniably helped this team that desperately needs pitching depth. Let Cobb go. Let Cobb go, and they're paying Justin Upton. I mean, to leave. To leave. I mean, and this is just if I were Major League Baseball going into this year, I would be so furious that this decade, more than this decade of trout, has resulted in one trip to the postseason. And Otani, who is this beautiful freak, he's a wonderful hitter. He's a fine pitcher. He's this—he's the ultimate uh, argument against the universal DH. I know he's a unicorn, but we, this unicorn's not going to play in October. 
And and it would take not just the Angels turning things around, but massive belly flops from teams that are much better that have a much better construction than Anaheim at this point. Uh, it's such a travesty that yeah. we're going to be denied these these guys being in the postseason. I'm sure Mike Trout doesn't want this moniker, but he's on track to go down as the least accomplished Hall of Famer of all time. If I've actually done the research, if you look up the top 100 players of all time based off like ESPN or whatever, he's going to have the least accomplished postseason resume of any of them. If you just do playoff hits, Mike Trout has the least amount of playoff hits of any all time great, whatever ranking you want to do. So he needs to get in the postseason because I don't think he wants that moniker to be on his resume. Ernie Banks never played one postseason game. Beloved Cub, Mr. Cub. But I do not want that to be the case. Obviously, uh, Trout has played in three postseason games at this point. But come on, let's go. We've already witnessed Ken Griffey Jr. playing his entire career without once sniffing the World Series. But that being said, and I made this point before, we did have the Ken Griffey Jr. postseason moment. When you do his highlight reel, you have his five home runs against the Yankees in that division series and scoring from first on the Edgar Martinez double to clinch the series. If you say Ken Griffey Jr., what's his signature moment? That's his signature moment. Mike Trout's is winning the home run derby at the All-Star game. Yikes. Or it's like that one catch at the wall where he like robbed the home run, right? He's a It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not the man's fault. But at some point... You've got to boy, imagine if you had the Cleveland's pitching staff in Anaheim. We'd be talking about them as going to the World Series. At what point do we say Mike Trout has to take his career into his own hands and has to leave the Angels? Well, he signed a deal that made Corey Seegers look like a short-term blip. Yeah, I mean, he basically set the market because no one has gotten more money than Mike Trout since he signed the deal. So he's basically set the market for all players in baseball. And in some ways, you could, I admire the guy saying, hey, look it, I don't want to be a vagabond. I want to lead this organization to the World Series. And I admire that. that he, he's already the greatest angel of all time, ironically passing salmon. They're into fish there. If only they had acquired Kevin Bass. But the fact of the matter is, is any hope for winning this World Series has eh, not happening this year. Mm-mm. Probably not next year. And then, you know, he's going to be entering his 30s. And he's already, you know, you know, you don't want to start having him be the, you know, is he going to be a Paul Molitor and win a World Series at the end of his career? Rather see him win. So I'm not even an Angel fan. I'm a baseball fan. I don't even necessarily want the Angels to win the World Series. I just want to see some postseason moments with this guy. And we've seen the injuries start to rack up the last couple of years. So it makes you wonder if like, is he on the back end of his career? Like he had that phenomenal stretch that first 10, 11 years, but we even saw with Albert Pujols, he had the same kind of stretch with the Cardinals. Then he comes over to the angels and the second half of his career just isn't as high in terms of being the peak. So maybe the same will happen for Mike Trout and hopefully isn't the same, but he could also be a cautionary tale for Shohei Otani. If he's like, yo, I've been on the angels for five years and we haven't sniffed the postseason. I don't want to be the next Mike. I might have to start looking around to the Yankees and the Red Sox of the world. All right. So let's uh, – who, who do you have winning the American League East? 
Okay, yeah, I guess we got to actually put our name to the predictions now. Uh, American League East, I will go with the consensus air answer that everyone is saying, and I'll go with the Blue Jays to win the division. I'm Man. going the same thing. Um, uh, who do you have winning the American League Central? That one, I think, is going to be an easy one. The White Sox, unless they get some kind of catastrophic injuries in their rotation or their lineup, I think they should run away with the division. I do agree with you there. Uh, who do you have winning the American League West? I still got the Houston Astros. I just think they're the most stable. The The Mariners, they had a lot of things go right for them last year. I think they're still going to be a super competitive team and be in the postseason mix, but I don't love that rotation. I don't love that pitching staff in the bullpen as well, so I'm going with the Astros to repeat as division winners. I have the Mariners winning the division. Okay, let's say it. Three wildcard teams, go. Okay, three wildcard teams as well. I got the Red Sox as one wildcard team. I got the Tampa Bay Rays as the other wildcard team. And then I got the Seattle Mariners. I got the New York Yankees missing the postseason. It is the end of the Brian Cashman era. If Garrett Cole does not hold up, if he takes one injury, the Yankees are done. So I'm going with the Yankees to miss the postseason. Red Sox, Rays, and Mariners are in. Okay, I have the uh, Astros... I have the Tampa Bay Rays, and I have both the Red Sox and Yankees missing the postseason. Wow. Who's has who's my number three? The Correa effect. The Minnesota oh. Twins are going to be the third wildcard team. Go to betonline.net. Liquidate all your assets. Sell your house. Take that money. Go to betonline.net and bet on the Minnesota Twins being the third American League wildcard team with 83 wins, edging out the Red Sox and Yankees, 82 wins. That's my prediction. That is my wow, prediction. That's a hot one. Is Korea even going to be on the team at the end of the regular season? That he, is a he big will be, he, he knows that if he leads the Twins to the postseason, he will make all, he they'll just give him a blank check and they'll write in the the amount pay to Carlos Correa all the money. Hey, we could do this all again with the Correa offseason. Maybe the Yankees yeah. or Astros sign him next season. We never. Yeah, know. I know, but I think that he he's gonna have a spectacular season. He's gonna lead the Twins to the wild card, which they will lose. They still won't have a postseason win, but uh, I think that. And who do you have going to the World Series from the American League? Whew. I said this on the NOS division predictions. I got the Boston Red Sox. They're going to pull out something out of their butt because every few years they either go from worst to first and they somehow win a World Series when they never seem likely to do it like the 2013 World Series. That team shouldn't have won. This team last year almost went to a World Series. So I say they're going to make one move at the deadline to get a starter. And that lineup is going to smash their way to 95 plus wins with the Trevor Story edition. And they're going to smash all their smash their way to the World Series as well i'm going toronto i think toronto is safe. the deepest i think it's safe but i think they're going to do it i think they're going to do it uh and i think you're also going to see uh your mvp is going to be vladdy jr okay. i think your cy young award winner is going to be jose barrios of the blue jays okay and i think all due respect to bobby witt i think julio rodriguez of the mariners is going to be your rookie of the year so there you go 
Okay, yeah, the Mariners are a great case study for prospects because of Jared Kalenic and to see if he can actually bounce back after the poor rookie start he had last right. year. All right. All right, Miller Thomas, uh, what do you say we do this for the National League? We'll do that one tomorrow. All right, yeah, let's, let's do it tomorrow, Sully. Let's do it wink, tomorrow. Wink. Bro, wink, 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 yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna record this later. I gotta grab me a built bar so I can have the energy to do another one of these. But hey, Miller Thomas, where can people follow you? At Creator Thomas Twenty Four for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks for both Twitter and and Instagram for the podcast handle. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods for Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at my personal one is at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Looking over the American League. With Miller Thomas of Locked On Dynamics, this has been your Locked On Crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Let's fist pump this, and you can call me Sully. Boom, mm. boom. <laughs>